That is. Welcome to the Salt of Slam for March twentieth, twenty twenty. Oh, this is we are here recording the day before. It's Thursday. Yeah, I'm starting to work from home tomorrow. So yeah, I so it's here. game over. Uh, the future of the podcast. Don't about the game. Uh, yeah, so either I will do a quick uh, news segment and we'll post some greatest hits uh, dating back to 2015 or whenever this podcast started. Maybe hear us review some classic Summer Slams. Uh, Etc. Me and Andrew probably at that point. Uh, but that's kind of what things are looking like right now in terms of the other podcasts on Tits of the Iceberg. We'll see. Something yep. something will be up. We're going to make we're going to go do our best to make sure the public beta comes out because uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I it's a great podcast. Yeah, it's it, a great podcast. There may be a hiatus for the New Vegas talk if we can't be in the same room. But regardless, follow us on uh, social media at Tits Iceberg or Tits the Iceberg on uh, Facebook to uh, to see what we've got coming out. Uh, and as always, you can interface with the show directly. Lee at TizzyIceberg.com is my email. Or, like I said, send us a message. Any of those social you can get there. jacked into the Matrix. Let's talk about some of the weirdest fucking wrestling shows of all time. Yeah. Uh, so we had a SmackDown. SmackDown was first. They were the Sacrificial Lamb last Friday. Went live at the Performance Center in front of no one. Uh, and it was exactly what you were hoping it wasn't going to be. It was just SmackDown with nobody there. Yeah, well, Triple H was on commentary and he's funny, so... Yeah, he's funny in as far as he's just ragging on Michael Cole. He's doing his fucking best the whole time. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Triple H was supposed to announce the first match and then ended up just staying. Uh, but I think they were more or less scrambling uh, for what to do on that show. And they're just like, fucking the show must go on. So there was an international feed that had the women's match go to a commercial. At which point they all just started like chatting and hanging out in the ring. So <laughs> fuck kayfabe, I guess. Uh, but then apparently there was a Daniel Bryan match later on oh. where they did wrestle well, him and Cesaro. It's Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. Yeah. Who, oh, like, so they wrestled through the commercial for no one. They would for just themselves. Rest, they would just wrestle even if the cameras are off yeah. and no one was if there. If you left them in a room alone for long enough, they would just start a wrestling match. Probably. Start slapping each other. Uh, so that was SmackDown. And it was kind of, like I said, what you were expecting it uh, not to be or hoping it wasn't going to be. And that people were playing to the crowd that wasn't there. Specifically the women's match. This is where I tuned in because I'm like, this is too fucking weird. Uh, you have everybody doing a move. As we talked, if like a Joey Janela was in, in this kind oh, of thing, God. how hilarious it would be. But like Sasha and, and, and the girls who are in the match are playing to the crowd. They're doing the thing where they put the person in the corner, turn around, and kind of looking at nobody. It's going to be very hard to unteach that, but it does go to show that the crowd be damned in WWE. That is just something you were taught, and you do it. Yeah. Uh, AEW, I felt, had a lot less of that. But AEW, for not having a crowd, was goddamn excellent. They I did thought. a bunch of crucial things... Uh, that, that we were hoping they were going to do. I, I was hoping there was going to be more vignettes or more backstage stuff, personally. There's a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was SmackDown, more or less. We can talk a little bit more Raw, where they kind of, they seem to have honed in a little more. It was a three-hour show. So, uh, and they replayed the Rumble for most of it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for an hour of it. Uh, but we had Edge come out. He cuts a promo directly into the camera. It was like, that's more like it. Uh, to call yes, out Randy like, it would be. It's too awkward not to acknowledge the camera when there's no crowd. So Edge was yes. talking to the camera. And that's another thing AEW did is they referenced the people at home. Yeah, 
There's nobody in the arena. But there's millions of people watching home. Yeah. So, well, maybe not in AEW's yeah, not, case. Not in most weeks. But uh, in any For case. For Raw, though, yes. There are millions at home. Yeah. So we had uh, the Performance Center at Stuff. There's about, what, eight rows of chairs on the camera angle. Yeah, I'm and not a for, big fan of it. I no. think if you're going to do an empty arena, it should be in, like, I don't know, at least full sale. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Uh, AEW's solution to that was just make the camera face the ramp. So you yeah. see all the, the lights and stuff going off all the time, and they keep the angles tight, and they kept the arena well, we dark. Well, we can get into it later yeah. why AEW is just a better no crowd there's, show. There's something fucking post-apocalyptic about that AEW show being in that stadium with all the lights off, that it was just like, mwah. It's just like, this is, yes, there is no people here. This feels like it's taking place at, like, no, Performance Center. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a huge challenge has been issued from the Rated R Superstar Edge to Randy Orton. They will fight one of the two nights of WrestleMania. Oh, that's what we haven't talked about. Yes. WrestleMania this year will be two nights. Yes. Steel and Wrestle Kingdom's gimmick. Yes. And well, a lot of people think it's because they can't have too many people in the same place at one time. I'm going to say it's because sitting through an eight-hour show with no audience would be yeah, I think it's a mix. Thing. I think it's a mix of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, everybody's saying they're going to be doing two three-hour nights. Or Would two, you do Raw on one night and SmackDown on the other, or are you mixing and matching? What do you mean? Well, oh, like, for the matches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I would mix and match. So, um, like, first night main event, I would put Orton and Edge. Yeah. Last night, the second night main event, I put Drew and Brock. What... Uh, which did Drew McIntyre cross that this motherfucker <laughs> has had this meteoric return to WWE a decade long journey to, to get back to battle the main Brock event scene. to probably win against yeah. Brock in front of fucking no one I can't believe it it's crazy man that's um, what or maybe it's Roman Reigns maybe he hexed it's them. <laughs> Roman comes out if, I, if they Roman's did, not fighting Brock they, in the main event, yeah, then no they, one is. They do an angle where they're like, why isn't Drew coming out? And it's backstage and Drew's on the ground selling yeah. like, oh, <laughs> my shoulder. <laughs> and then, <laughs> did it. You know, Drew's gone, so I'm the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> they had The Undertaker come out, uh, his quickest entrance of all time. Eric Andre style. Eric Andre style. <laughs> comes out, flips a table and a chair, and then realizes that the contract was on the table and flips it back over, and we cut to a commercial. Um... Yeah, there was a Rey Mysterio-Andrade match. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch fucking most of any of this. Uh, we don't really need to talk about no, it. No, Becky Lynch cut an in-ring promo. Kevin Owens cut a backstage interview challenging Seth Rollins to a match at WrestleMania. And the one thing we do have to talk about... Is the Eric Andre segment. Yes, uh, featuring Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Byron Saxon. Yes, so this is what I'm fucking talking about. Because this is entertaining. Yeah. I showed this to my wife and she's just like, why isn't the whole show like... not Like, the creativity be damned. The, the cuts, the, the planning of this. Obviously, it's Stone Cold, so they put a little more oomph behind it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is what I wanted more of the show to be. So, Stone Cold, Steve Austin comes out and he says it's officially nationally 316 day. Uh, he more or less says that it's okay to assault somebody on a 316 day. You can... Uh, you can murder people. Yeah, you can you have can, a beer instead of your morning coffee. You can get drunk first thing in the morning. You can drive your car the wrong way yeah, on the road. Hit your uh, wife. Whatever you want to do. It's cool. <laughs> Drink beer. Uh, so Beat Debra. He, oh, yeah. he asked an empty arena, if you want to know what 316 Day is all about, give me a hell yeah. And uh, it cuts to it cuts to the crowd, which is nobody. And, and you're like, okay, something special is about this to is happen. Just, this is just Eric on. Yes. The, the timing and everything and the silence. Uh, uh, thankfully, the announcers didn't step on this until they did. Uh, he asks again, if you want to know what 316 Day is all about, give me a hell yeah. Byron Saxton. It, with the most exaggerated. Delivers an 11 in a <laughs> hell, hell yeah. yeah. A stupid shit-eating grin. Comes back to Stone Cold playing face. It, it was Stone, Stone Cold just, stare, just staring daggers at him. 
It's like, Byron, they, what was this that? This fucking summary gave it a grade C? Where, where are they smoking? That was the, this is the best thing on the this show. This is the only good thing on this show. <laughs> uh, Byron uh, replies, hell yeah, again. Steve intro- uh, says, uh, I'm going to now run down what, it, what 316 Day means. Byron is holding up placard cards with uh, numbers on them, rating Steve's promo, essentially. Uh, at the end of that, Steve invites Byron down to the ring for a beer with Stone Cold. Uh, and of course, when you have a beer with Stone Cold, ninety percent of the time you get kicked in the nuts and stunnered. Uh, in this case, well, no, he usually boots him in the stomach like a gut shot. But no, did get his leg up. He, he fucking walloped Byron. Yeah, he, uh, he apologized on Twitter to Byron's nuts. Uh, so that's supposed as it gives Byron a, a stunner. That's what Byron needed. Uh, as a good hoof in the nuts. Yeah. Becky Lynch comes down with a cooler. And they share some beers. If you go back and watch this, and I've uh, when I watched it the second time, I noticed this. When Steve goes to cheers Becky, and he like flicks the beers at her, he covers her face in beer. Like she, <laughs> you just see her flinch as like she's just doused in these two fucking beers. And for the rest of the segment, she can't see, so she's just kind of like wobbling. <laughs> it's good. Everything about this is great. That's great. Uh, here, Becky, these fucking just douses her with this beer. Anyways, that was more or less raw. Okay. You want to talk about AEW Dynamite? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about it? So AEW Dynamite, uh, as we mentioned, okay. uh, so just emanated to, from Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, just to preface this, so Lee has not watched this all yet. I have. Yes. So am I, am I taking the lead here, Lee? If you want to. I think I should. <laughs> okay, so Wednesday Night Dynamite emanating from Jacksonville, whatever. Florida. State. Florida. Yes. Tony Khan's, uh, <laughs> I believe this is where the Jaguars play. All the lights are out in the stadium. Uh, just the ring is illuminated to start. And it emanates onto Cody, who cuts a very, very well done babyface promo, basically saying, like, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now, but we can't break. We must stay strong together. That's right. We must all get neck tattoos. Yeah, just like, just like these outbreak, the elite have to band together against the inner circle for a blood and guts match. Um, they're basically saying that Nick, while injured, they have to find a fifth member. Uh, Matt, Nick, uh, sorry, Matt, Kenny, and Cody are in the ring, basically rallying their troops. They call Hangman out. They say, Hangman, can we rely on you in this blood and guts match? Are you going to be in our corner? Hangman tips his drink, gives him a nod, and just walks away. <laughs> perfect. Fucking perfect. But still, the, the the lingering thing here is they do not have a fifth member for blood and guts, whenever that may happen. Yes. And so, Kenny simply says, we must start the show. Let's get dynamite rolling. Bunch of pyro goes off intro happens great so next after that we have our first match of the night sure which is um you're on your own buddy <laughs> you know i'm trying to think it was the best friends versus lucha bros lucha brothers yeah um with orange cassidy Pac was not here seemingly probably due to all the flight cancellations that are happening yeah um so first thing you should note about this is that mjf and sean spears are outside the ring in the crowd essentially the perfect 10 the chairman so, yeah Sean it's almost like they were like okay how do we like we don't want complete dead silence all the time that's what makes it awkward right. it's something so like put mjf out there and just make him yell at everybody right well the benefit here is that aw has these these personalities that you've garnered love for so having them just present that you can cut to them even in the middle of a, a 20 minute match or whatever just did gangbusters for the show. Like, just elevated the show yeah, so, in a way that the WWE yeah, stuff seems so, so sterile. Right? So, um, and what happens later in the show is that more heels come out and go to MJF and Sean Spears, half of the arena. And then some baby faces, such as SCU and Colt Cabana, etc., are on the right side, on the right. other side of the ring. Just, and they're just leaning over the railing watching as if this was, like, 
some like training. Why not? Yeah. But it looked very nice. It it gave you that sense of like right. All right, we're not alone here. We're not isolated. Right. There is something to play to with yeah. the crowd because there is a little crowd. What little I watched of it, that was immediately uh, the thing I noticed. Is just like, oh man, it, it just seems so so much more personality to have those guys at ringside, even if they're just hot dogging during the commercials. Yes. Yeah, so MJF was, was like, oh, yeah, was MJF there. was fantastic. He just kept yelling, "Do a drop kick and stuff like that." Um, him and Sean Spears are betting on all the matches with like I cash, no, cash. <laughs> Twenty one dollars. Um, so Tony Schiavone comes down to the ringside before this best friends Lucha Brothers match, and he's just like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" MJF's like, "Oh, we're betting on the matches." Tony's like, "You can't do that." MJF's like, "Who do you think you are, Tony? Like you're just a washed-up announcer. We can do whatever we want." And sneaks in. Do you want to get in on this? And Tony just gives him a quick nod. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the match starts. Lucha Brothers versus we had Orange Cassidy on commentary. Yes, he just fell asleep and didn't say anything. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he needed to do. <laughs> that's what Orange Cassidy <laughs> So it's a very competitive match, uh, lots of good moves. They really went for quite a long time with very few commercial breaks, if any. Um, finished the match, Pentagon kicked Trent the cojones bef- uh, behind Damn. the rest back. <laughs> <laughs> to borrow a line from this yeah, thing I um, Just to borrow a clip that I heard on the Observer Radio this morning. Yeah. So like, there's constant interference and stuff like that that the ref can see, just doesn't do anything about. And they need to fix this issue because this was a TNA issue right. where every match... You didn't even have to say it was a no DQ. People would just assume it because nobody would ever get fucking DQ'd or anything. Right. Anyway. Um, so that led to the flying stomp package pile drivers. Pentagon pin Trent. After the match, Chuck Taylor challenged Lucha Brothers to a parking lot brawl next week. Which is perfect for a no right. crowd yeah. arena. Uh, the someone ma- throw a windshield or some shit. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. match was later made official. This should be That should be totally Goldberg fun. Can come out and lacerate his arm. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to see what Ray Phoenix decides what to do in a parking lot full of cars and shit. It's we like, only have to hope that there's a car with both windows down and he does a dive through the car. Holy shit. Onto somebody. <laughs> Um, Which can go very wrong. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so this was fun. It wasn't anything um, super duper uh, crazy, but Pentagon Phoenix are always fun to watch. They're crazy. Yes. They still have so much energy, even with no crowd out there. It was great. So next after that... And better to see Lucha Bros having a competitive match against the best friends, which are like a mid to high card tag team versus the team of Private uh, Party and Joey Janelle. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was a big fan of this segment. It was good. Ladies! Good let's go. So this was Penelope Ford. God damn, Penelope Ford. Just gorgeous. <laughs> um, uh, Sheeta, Riho, and... Um, Chris Statlander, Chris the Statlander. galaxy's favorite alien. So this is the best, this is my favorite part of this match was they're just making their entrances and MJF just keeps yelling and yelling and he's like, Chris Statlander, you're an alien or something. And Chris is trying so hard not to laugh in the ring. She's doing the whole, like, covering her mouth. Just yeah. like, she can't handle it. Fucking great. I don't remember anything as far as the wrestling goes. It was probably <laughs> fine. Um, uh, Sheeta wins. <laughs> Yeah, Sheeta Len. <laughs> yeah, like, feel free to interject with the finish and stuff like that because I don't yeah. remember anything specific. I'm giving you, a, I'm giving you the flavor. If you want the finish, it's for the finish. Sheeta nailed Ford with a Falcon Arrow slam. Ford kicked out of the cover. Sheeta continued with a running knee strike that put Ford down for the three count as Sheeta was victorious. Uh, yeah, Sheeta surprised me with the win. Says this writer. I figured this bout would uh, uh, be used to fast track Ford to a title shot uh, so she could get beat down by Nyla Rose. Nope. Thanks, AEW. Uh, for keeping it unpredictable. Yeah, but uh, she, yeah. Um, this match also suffered from the same thing that happened in the first match, which was a lot of interference by Kip Sabian. And yeah. there's just the ref's no. looking at it, and he's not doing anything yeah. about it. MJF is yelling, ref, 
he's interfering. Why aren't you doing anything about it? And that's no, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was weird. Um, after the match, Sabian went up to Colt Cabana and was just Sabian talk- did Kip Sabian. Yes, okay. was going to Colt Cabana was just talking shit because Colt Cabana had an interview. Yeah. And then Colt Cabana fucking slapped him and said, "Don't forget that I'm a wrestler too." And then Kip's just like, "Oh," and walked away. Very nice. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, John Moxley had a promo taped prior to the show. Uh, he wasn't medically cleared to enter the venue. Moxley warned the inner circle uh, that he will be in their blind spot. He won't be missing blood and guts. Moxley then humorously squeezed into his fancy automobile and sped away. It's weird that Moxley's like sort of written off Dynamite after right after becoming the champion, but here we are. Because well, it's, it's the elite, right? It's, so it's <laughs> there's a lot of circumstances here going on. Yes, um, I understand that. <laughs> I like. I think you're crazy if you don't think Moxie's going to get involved in their blood and guts match in right. some capacity because he keeps yeah. talking about how he's going to be there. He wouldn't miss it for the world, he said. So I think it's not crazy at all to say when the blood and guts match does happen, whenever it does, Moxie's going to interfere in some capacity right. too. Or, or they can't find another guy or whatever the case happens or Moxley has hidden himself in the cage until they close it and yeah, he's or there. Yeah, just some crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He hides under the ring, the yes. cage gets lowered and then he pops and out. And then he pops out. And that, he's not on the elite side. He's just there to fuck up the yeah. inner circle and while the elite yeah, is you there. Could do a, yeah, you could do a thing where Kenny or Hangman or something... Man, hang, this would be a great way to get Hangman to the main event picture. Hangman... Like, tries to stop Moxley. Moxley turns around and pushes him, and they have a stare down. Just that simple stare down yep. will get a lot of people's Those two guys going. haven't really interacted at yeah. all. Yeah. No, it'd be great. Yeah. It'd be Moxley being like, oh, you think you're big shit now because you're tag champion yeah. and you won some matches? And Hangman would be like, just another fucker not showing me the respect. <laughs> I think I think Darby Allen is more likely to be the one they sign with the elite, like, to be on the team. It's Matt. Huh? It's Matt Hardy. Oh, is it? Yes. Why do you say that? Because of the fucking ending segment where oh, Matt I said, guess. he said, we found a fifth member. And it's, and, and it's and Matt that's Hardy. Him? Yes. And he's up there? Okay. Yes. That's fucked up. Jesus. Yeah. I watched the fucking show. <laughs> but you watched the ending segment on YouTube. I watched this. I fucking, <laughs> you better believe. No, so as I, Matt Hardy is the fifth member for the Elite. Okay. The guts match. But, so it's it's Hangman Page. It's Kenny Omega. It Cody. Is Nick, Matt, Nick Jackson. No. No, Nick Matt, is injured. Matt Jackson. Yeah. Matt Jackson, who doesn't have... The, the sideburns? Matt Jackson has the sideburns. Holy Matt shit. Matt Jackson with the sideburns. Nick Jackson out of commission because his head was crushed by yes. the door. Cody and, and Matt Hardy. And Matt and Matt Hardy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was fine. Next up is the greatest segment maybe in wrestling yes. history. They blew up $24,000 of pyro for nobody. Yeah. Like, Rock. Okay, listen to this. Stone Cold Rock, WrestleMania 17. Yeah. The Rock, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania Yes. Eight. Hogan and Andre, WrestleMania sure, 3. yes. Blade and Butcher versus Jurassic Sha- Express. Yeah, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. Yeah. And then uh, Blade and Butcher are out first, like I said, with a ton of fucking uh, pyro. Uh, just excessive amounts yeah. of pyro <laughs> for a team that loses all the fucking time. Uh, and then the Jurassic Express are out. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy represented Jungle Express. Marco Stunt was just not there. No, no he's, he's sick. Okay, well yeah. then stay home, Marco. Yeah, he's not allowed out. Uh, nor was Bunny there. No. So, well, yeah. who knows? She's from Canada. Maybe there's issues meat. getting into the USA. There's a bunch of meat in the ring. There's a bunch of meat. Oh, boy. Um, so this was a very... This is fun. This is fine. Um, yeah. So the entire time Sean Spears just keeps yelling that he's bidding on the dinosaur. Yeah. Um, MJF's like, no way. They're my... Like, I'm betting on the Blade and Butcher. They're my high boys, goons. yeah. Um, so a bunch of shit happens for the finish. Blade and Butcher have momentum until MJF starts shouting st- uh, strategic orders to them because he's, like, their employer to finish <laughs> Jungle Boy. That distracted them long enough for Jurassic Express to spring up and win via teamwork wheelbarrow cutter. 
Damn. Um, after the match, um, Blade is getting up Butcher up their arm in arm like good old buddies that they are, and yeah. MJF just staring daggers into them, and they kind of just walk away like sad little puppies. Like Chef's Kiss that they lost clean on this <laughs> on this crowdless fucking dynamite. Great. Jake Roberts and uh, Lance Archer had a message for Cody. They paid respect to Cody, but Cody has ignored them. Uh, that is like split, uh, spitting in their face. This wasn't supposed to turn personal. Now it has. Uh, Cody uh, had his chance to meet them straight on. Uh, they will get his attention. Now we have a vignette. Okay, I'm going to talk about this vignette. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So this is fucking... If you ever watched Lucha Underground or any of the Broken Matt Hardy stuff, this yeah. is what this was. So Jake and Lance Archer Before you up. go on, Tony Schiavone says, and I quote... I'm here standing before the murder hawk. Before any the of this The murder happens. hawk. That's what he says. He's like, he's standing there with Jake and Lance. He's like, I'm standing here before the murder hawk. That's fucking great. Uh, and, <laughs> and that was what he's, so he's the Jake, murder hawk monster. Lance, Jake, Lance the snake, and Lance Archer pull up to what seems to be some backwoods meth, meth addict's sure. house. They go to the back in the middle of the woods where there's this fucking shitty ring and a bunch of meth addicts wrestling. Yeah. So Jake gets and a, into, and a ripped midget. Yeah. So Jake sits down outside, <laughs> like beyond everybody, and Lance gets into the ring, and he just demands someone come and approach him, and he starts just killing these jobbers that keep coming to the ring and attacking him. He, a bigger guy will come in, and he'll yeah. kill him too. And then it cuts to him beating up another guy, and he just goes, "Everybody dies! Everybody dies! Everybody dies!" And he starts hitting everybody again. Quickly cuts again. Everybody who is outside the ring is now motionless, lying on the ground inside the (laughs) ring. And Jake and Lance proceed to leave. One final NPC approaches. (laughs) It's like like, uh, you're in a video game, you're like level 80, and you go to a low-level area, and there's still those enemies that are like, oh, I shouldn't have come here. This guy's like, hey, fuck you. (laughs) Sorry, he didn't say, hey, fuck you. Um, (laughs) He just goes, where are you going, you son of a bitch? And... Lance just picks him up, gives him a choke slam on the car, and they walk away. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. This is what is sh- for his debut. Like, um, Jake. Who is this character? He beats up Jake. Should have Jake should have came yeah. out in the ring and be like, Cody, this is like my client. This is what you should ex- be expecting. This is coming to AEW and play this vignette of Lance Archer beating up meth addicts. Would have been fucking great. Why are they meth addicts? Why do you? What are you because so specific about? They have like dirty wife beaters or cut up shirts. <laughs> like the house is dilapidated. Sure, dilapidated boat. Yeah, their hair's like. Remember, like, remember Dean Ambrose's hair? I do remember. They Dean all have Ambrose's Dean Ambrose's hair. hair. You know, it's just, just, they just, you know, you know, if you got it, you got it. The exalted one is revealed. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fucking Luke Harper. <laughs> the fucking noisiest. Yeah, he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, the big story coming out of, into Dynamite was the reveal of the Exalted One. Evil Uno came out to run his gums about the Exalted One being near. When he arrives, it will breathe new life into the Dark Order. Christopher Daniels came out uh, from the fan section. New life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fan section to say uh, that he was sick of hearing about the Exalted One. He believes Evil Uno is lying and there is no Exalted One. That's when a vignette played on the big screen. Um, so this vignette was fucking great, first of all. But you do a very distorted voice first that like eventually transitioned yeah. into Brody Lee's voice. Um, we so, are anonymous. Yes. We are legion. So, yeah. <laughs> it's more or less. Yeah. Um, so he's just talking about how like the Dark Order will always be there. Like, you know, Chris, you don't believe me. You're not the first senile, out-of-touch old man that hasn't believed in me. But you will be the last. 
Damn. Like, I am Brody Lee, and I am the exalted one. Boom. Cuts to back inside the ring, and Brody is behind um, SCU. Boots him in the They head. turn around, gives a big boot to Chris, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson attack Frankie yeah. Kazarian. Then it's also worth noting that Brody Lee has got like a foot and a half on all of these guys. Yeah, he's fucking uh, huge. Which and he's is awesome. And yeah. he's rocking diesel gear. He's got yeah. the big puffy leather pants with the tank top. Wife didn't like his shirt. I'm like, would you prefer the dirty wife beater in the homeless? Like, <laughs> I, like I don't know. Anyway. Um, um, so he gives, uh, first of all, he teases, this might be his new finisher in general, but he teases a sister Abigail to Chris Daniels, but he actually just uses it to shoot him up, to turn around and give him a discus lariat. So that was pretty neat. Call it like an uncle, uh, like, <laughs> Call an, like un- an uncle what? Uncle Ed or something. So the sister Abigail, sure, or something. Uncle Ed, <laughs> Uncle Ed. <laughs> um, uh, then they just you know they kind of just leave, and that was fucking great. I like a lot of people are like, oh, Harper should have been Jake's client, but I think like the mentality here was when Luke signed or Brody Lee, I should say now when he signed, maybe he said like. Listen, I haven't been talking for the last 10 years. I really want to talk. Yeah. If Jake's my manager, that means he's talking for me, and I don't want that to happen. Right. I want to talk. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, all right, how about this? Is no, this I would say this kind of played out. I mean, the the swerve is that it could have been Brody Lee. It could have been my, Matt Hardy, yeah. right? Uh, I think ultimately this will make a lot more sense. And as we were saying before the podcast started, he's kind of got the Far Cry 5 uh, villain cult leader thing going without the religious overtones. Yeah, or uh, the South. Because if you did religious and you did Southern, it would be too much like Bray. Right. Because you'd be like, welcome to my family, but join better, me. But not Bray. But that's, uh, that's close to old Bray, sorry. Right. So, uh, yeah. we. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. What's going on? Uh it's no, uh, it's no mystery that we are both huge marks for. Uh, yeah, one listen, this was no Blade and Butcher debut, but no, it was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> it was pretty damn good. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to uh, to seeing Brody Lee in the. Uh, yeah, in the I'm a, I was a big fan of this. I thought he came off really well. Yeah. His promo was great, and uh, I hope he doesn't get it. Can we talk about Evil Uno here for a second? Because sure. like the way they were set up in AEW from the start is like that guy's the leader. No, and but then, and then like a week after that, it was like, well, he's not. Someone else is, and we're not going to tell you who for three months. No, I'm fine with that though, because Evil Uno is like that, like super close lieutenant. I'm trying to find something I can compare it to, but sure. it's like it's like the Emperor and Darth Vader. Sure. When you first saw New Hope, you're like <laughs> Darth, Vader, is Darth Vader. You're like Darth Vader. Yeah. You're like Stu Darth Grayson Vader is the is, bad guy, uh, but then you realize that no, he's just the top minion of the actual real bad guy, which yes. is Brody Lee. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. And then yeah. they cloned him, right? And then he's in the lightning chamber. Yeah. So there can easily be an angle way, 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 <laughs> way, way down the road where Evil Uno has a change of heart and he defies Brody Lee. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Main event time, baby. Jake Hagar, Santana, and Ortiz competed against Cody, Matt, and Hangman. Sammy Guevara, Kenny Omega, and Arn Anderson were ringside. Chris Jericho was on commentary. Cool. The elite were not a cohesive unit during uh, due to Hangman's pouting. Uh, whenever he felt he wasn't being utilized enough, he would take a breather on the entrance ramp. I don't believe he shared a proper tag once with Jackson. The story of the match was Cody taking an extended beating until he hit crossroads on Ortiz. Hangman received the hot tag to clean house. On the floor, Cody tossed Ortiz onto MJF, who was watching as a fan. Wardlow goozled? What? Goozled. I think he meant meant goosed. Goozled. That's what's written here, man. Oh. Uh, Cody Anderson whacked his coaching clipboard across Wardlow's back. 
which I hope Wardlow didn't sell, because that's ridiculous. Uh, the action carried on as Jackson used a blind tag to get himself into the ring. He did his triple suplex spot, then tried and failed to suplex, suplex Hager. Hangman scurried in to assist on a double suplex. Uh, that was the first time in a very long time Hangman and Jackson were on the same page. Adam Page. Uh, they started working together and set up for the Young Bucks uh, patented indie taker. Hager grabbed Hangman's foot to prevent the move. Santana escaped Jackson's clutches for a surprise roll-up win. Yeah, so uh, after the victory, all the elite are, I mean, sorry, the inner circle are doing a bunch of funny shit. So first of all, Jake Hager starts doing push-ups, and Jericho then on the mic demands that Sammy sit on Jake Hager and do a push-up. And Jake fucking, this is after like a full match. A full wrestling match. And then a bunch of push-ups Jake just did. And now you're putting like another 100 and whatever pounds on him. And the Spanish god on top of him. And Jake starts struggling. (laughs) He gets one, and he's like, fuck it off me. So then Sammy goes down for push-ups, and yeah. Jake just grabs him by the scuff of the neck and pulls him back up. This was great. Uh, so they basically start talking shit on the mic, like, oh, the elite, you guys only have four members, we're going to kick your ass of blood and guts. Matt goes, oh, we're not the only ones, we have help. And all of a sudden, motherfucking Vanguard 1 comes out. Now, to anybody familiar with the Broken Matt Hardy stuff, that'll make a lot of sense. If you aren't, Vanguard 1 is Broken Matt Hardy's personal <laughs> drone. <laughs> It just he just keeps it around and it it's seemingly sentient and has its own personality, right. um, like a droid. Yeah, uh, so it just came to the ring, lowered slowly but surely. Piano music came on. It panned up into the crowd. The crowd. Seat. Sorry, the <laughs> yeah. seating of the crowd. The dark stadium, like fucking Sting in WCW, <laughs> yeah. except it's goddamn broken Matt Hardy, and, and he's he just, just doing. It just ah. <laughs> With his arms out, it goes back to Jericho, who looks like he just saw... A ghost. <laughs> uh, like, the fucking yeah. flying Dutchman, and he starts crying. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's, he takes off his sunglasses like uh, Dr. Alan Grant in Jurassic Park seeing a Brachiosaurus for the first time. Yeah. He slowly whips off his sunglasses, and it cuts to Matt Hardy again, and when it whips back to Chris Jericho, he looks like he's, like, on the verge of tears, which just made me laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> Jericho is so great. He's so fucking good. His, his character is on man like the delusional champion that he's lost his belt but still refers to himself as Le Champion <laughs> yeah. and like ha- seemingly has no fears he's surrounded himself with all these yeah. goobers so if they didn't say it outright the impression very much is Matt Hardy will be the fifth member for the elite in the blood and guts match um, so this was fucking this was really great ending um, you just like to imagine if this was if this did happen in Rochester with the full crowd. First of all, how huge that Luke Harper pop would be. So that's what I was going to ask: is do you think the Brody Lee pop? Uh, do you think people would be disappointed by it not being Matt Hardy, and there'd be like an anti pop to it? No, like they'd see Luke Harper and they'd be really happy in any capacity. I right. feel like you're saying the Smarks would would put it over. Yeah, yeah. So what I think they might have done um, if it was in Rochester was. End the segment with Dark... End the show with Dark Order, SCU, and Brody Lee reveal. Yeah, fair. And middle through the show, or towards the end of it, you do Matt Hardy. But you end it with Luke Harper since it's his hometown. It seems like in a time of uncertainty, like they don't know if they're even doing a show next week kind of thing. Yeah. uh, That you want to fit both of those in. Yeah, you're like, let's Uh, just get it over with. Yeah, get them Um, both in there. Build the hype. And then if if we end up having to not do a show next week or whatever it is, I believe WWE announced they are going to uh, be airing like classic programming. It won't be... Uh, so like, you get to re- you get to watch an old Raw or whatever the hell they're going to do, but uh, it doesn't sound like they'll be doing new shows because yeah. So if I watched that SmackDown last week, I'd be like, we can't keep doing this. Yeah. So all <laughs> things considered, with it being a no crowd, this was excellent. They did different camera angles. What like happened to NXT? 
Did anybody say shit about NXT? I haven't seen it. I haven't. All I heard was it was going to be a different format than the other two shows. No, they played a lot of clips. I think okay, stuff like fine. that. Anyway, um, for being a no crowd show, AEW was very strong. They did, like you said earlier, different camera angles. You're looking at the ramp exclusively. Yeah, the no crowd shots. Yeah, it's a big relief. Um, yeah, I don't need to see empty chairs. That's yeah. like the big thing in the performance center is the room yeah. is so small, and like you're just driving home. That these just guys putting are like, scattered various babyface and heel wrestlers around the ring, just yeah. to, having yeah. people hanging out. Yeah. yeah, it's like a local hockey game. When, yeah. you, when you go to a local hockey game, there's going to be parents, and MJF's people be there just betting yell, on it. Yeah, <laughs> yelling pass. Yeah, yelling shoot and shit like that. Yes, um, it added some life to this lifeless. Yeah, broadcast. it added much needed life, which was great. Um, all things considered, this was an excellent episode for it being no crowd and it would have been one of the better ones if it did have a crowd because yeah. of those huge uh lips. that's that is the the, the bummer yeah um, because of the huge Brody lee and matt hardy debuts those would those would have been huge moments and lance archer beating up all those yeah parties. i think people would have been a big fan about that yeah sure yeah as far as we know they are yeah uh so that's gonna kind of do it for the show today uh, a shorter one for sure uh but we did uh, manage to do it <laughs> so fuck yeah you. like there's not a lot to talk about unfortunately with SmackDown Raw just kind of being whatever. Yes, and the um, uncertainty of what comes next of yeah. next week. So uh, there's lots of lots of weird things coming on. WrestleMania this year this year is double down the weird. The idea that they wouldn't just postpone it is fucking insane. That you would hold a pay per view to no audience. Just come on, man. Well, the thought process that I heard is that Vince doesn't know when this shit's gonna blow over. Like you can't just ask people to just wait for indefinitely. Just get the fuck over with. It's a lot easier when you're a multi-billion dollar company. Right. To, to spin tires for a bit. I don't know. It, there's, it's a tricky situation. We Absolutely. don't know how long this shit's going to happen for. Yeah, um, yeah it's weird. Um, what was I about to say before that? Couldn't tell you. I know all the late night shows are doing like broadcasts from home. Uh, so you got like Jimmy Fallon and like all those guys just like, I'm in my bathroom interviewing... Jimmy someone. Fallon crying in his chair because he said the word bathroom. Oh, God. He's like, ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, that's going to do it. As uh, WWE put it, due to prevailing circumstances, uh, we don't know what the podcast will be next week, but we're going to get something out there one way or another. Dude, plug your uh, your stuff. Yeah, so uh, if you ever want to check me out on Twitch, I'm at twitch.tv slash doors. That's B-O-N-E-S-T-O-R-M-D-O-R-S-E. Or go to hell. Or go to hell. Um, um, I'm playing streaming Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I'm playing... Doom Cri- Eternal? No, I'm playing Crisis Core streaming oh. right now. I'm no longer uh, streaming or recording Final Fantasy VII. That was more like a, a technical test to see if my computer could handle all the shit. Um, Final Fantasy VII, of course, cutting edge. Uh, well, no. Um, it was... Because <laughs> I had a mic that I hooked up to my PS4. It right. was weird. Um, I might be streaming Doom Eternal. I'm considering with this whole quarantine fucking working from home thing that I'm just going to do a 12 hour stream on Friday. I'm going to play from like 6 o'clock till 6 in the morning. <laughs> sure. Just why the hell not? Just oh, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> like, what else am I doing with my life? So, uh, yeah. yeah, check that out. I'm also at YouTube at Bone Storm Doors where I have uploaded all my Crisis Core playthroughs if you uh, wanted to watch those. I usually stream uh, every other night on Twitch around 7 or 8 central time. So, sure. yeah. Yeah, go check out our other podcast, Public Beta Podcast, where we talk about video games. Part 2 of our New Vegas conversation is up as of two days ago when you hear this. Uh, and that's going to be the Sultans of Slam for this week for myself, Lee, and for Reed. Stay safe out there. Like I said, we don't know what next week will bring, but it will bring something. The show, Reed, must go, must on. go on. I'm going to go find uh, some backwoods cabin with some carnies in it and just lay waste to them. Uh, as Lance Archer has taught us. So, that's the Sultans of Slam! And welcome to the jam! Come on and slam! You-
thought of a wonderful gift for you, Cloud. Shall I give you despair? Tell me what you love most in life, so that I may take it from you. As if you remember that line. You don't understand a thing, Sephiroth. <laughs> there isn't a thing I don't cherish. <laughs>